I'm Keaton. I'm Laura. So we are combining three of the things we love, podcast and then story and breakfast. And specifically, we're looking at the biggest story. We tend to read the Bible like it's something boring, um, a little more mechanical, when in truth it's full of all kinds of complicated characters and plenty of room for the imaginative. Uh, we're hoping that this could open up the way we read these stories, that we would see the people in them as real people and that that might help us connect to maybe God is real too, if the characters are real. We're going to look at a bunch of different stories in scripture and just ask the question, what did they eat for breakfast? And what did they want to eat for breakfast? And we're also just going to talk about what life felt like for them in the hope that maybe we'll see ourselves in the story and we'll see a real God moving through real people. We're calling this the breakfast translation. So Keaton, this, we're in our last two chapters of Acts. We sure are. We did it. We made it. Did you ever think we would, we would get to this day? Not in a million years. <laughs> um, I do want to just start off with some, some business, which is to confess that our last episode was, do you remember one of the funny things that happened in that where Paul was talking too much and then he's talking so much, still yeah. longer is how Luke says it. And he talks so much that a man falls to his death out of a window. And fortunately, Paul is able to bring him back to life. But I just want to recognize that that was our longest episode. To anyone we killed, <laughs> we apologize <Yeah>. now. <laughs> we're so sorry. We, we didn't mean if you were sitting in a window and we just kept talking about the Bible and you were just like, ugh, this. Um, just sincere apologies. So, and we don't, to the best of my knowledge, we don't have the power of resurrection yet. I'd rather not test it. <laughs> that's, that's, we need to. That's right. So our goal for this episode is for it to not break that record of going so long. I just think it's pretty funny that as we were babbling on about Paul babbling on, we were babbling on. So, Let's not, let's not take that chance again. Let's get right to it. Uh, just in case, hold tight to the railings in your window. Still. Yes. Please, please, if you're sitting in a window, find something secure. Um, if, it, if you have to like tie a belt, you know, around your waist or something. Safety first. I think we're a safety first podcast. Yeah, safety first. Just precautionary. We'll, we'll go speedy, but... <laughs> <laughs> this is a message. This isn't this is these are action-packed chapters though. So I don't know how anybody could possibly fall asleep when you're talking about the kinds of things that happen in the last two chapters of Acts because we've just come off of six chapters of just legal drama of just courtroom scene after courtroom scene, Paul telling his own personal story a bunch of times and of all these this case that he's making for the story of Jesus over and over again. And him having to go through all these loopholes like you do when you're involved in legal matters. Uh, and now it's like a set piece. You know, that's what they call it in like uh, the Fast and the Furious when cars chase each other. It's called a set piece. Did you know that? I didn't. Ago? So anytime there's a ton of moving parts and. Yeah. Like if there's fireballs or something like that, you call that a set piece when you're a in the business. Piece. Yeah. I feel like it could have had some more fiery language in it. Yeah. It's not. It's not too impressive of a, of a phrase, but um, what we have here in Acts 27, 28, it would be considered set pieces. If this was a movie, 
you would have had, you know, several days of shooting just in the courtroom, and now you would hop out and get to go somewhere exotic and exciting. Uh, because Paul and his pals, some kind of group that's traveling with him, which seems to include uh, Luke here, because Luke knows a lot of details. He gives us a lot of details about the journey. Uh, so many details, like it reminds me of, have you ever, like somebody's been trying to tell a story and they're like, I can't remember, was it Tuesday? <laughs> or maybe it was Wednesday. I, uh, like that's how it feels like Luke is kind of telling the story. Cause he's like, we went here, then we went here, and then we took two days and we went here. And then like, it's like a travel log kind of. Uh, so I, I was reading it, I fell out of a window. It's crazy. <laughs> kind of like how people tell tell their dreams too oh yeah and then, I mean, oh, we got, and then yes she was there <laughs> and then we were in school which is crazy yeah and nobody has we've already established in this podcast dreams god might be moving in them but that doesn't mean they're good for conversation <laughs> i think is what we've decided here officially that's the official breakfast translation stance so we get lots and lots of details from luke about how the transport works uh, Paul is on his way to, he's still kind of in the care of the legal system, but the way their legal system worked and the way their prison transport worked, you're still cared for by friends. Uh, so that's kind of something different. I feel like if, if one of our, Keaton, if you were arrested, like I would just not see you for a lot of that process. But in the ancient world, if you were arrested, uh, I would... I could still slip you snacks and stuff. Yeah, I, I remember that from earlier in Acts. Aren't they even almost, or sometimes primarily responsible for making sure prisoners yeah. were fed? And prisoners, which, spoiler alert, that's where Paul's going to end up. Uh, they were also cared for by friends, family. Um, so not the system necessarily. The system was for you to stay in one place. You were resigned to one place but other people would take care of you so uh so they're on their way to italy and we get all these notes about how that transport works um and then they run into all kinds of trouble on the ship uh there are winds blowing there's a violent wind called a nor'easter again luke is nerding out on weather so if you have a friend like that who nerds out on weather has to check the app that's that's who luke is in this moment um and to the point where they have to throw supplies overseas so they end up having to go several days without food and then they end up shipwrecked uh so all kinds of things go wrong on this journey uh so it seems worth us just stopping have you ever had travel go horribly wrong i i sure have okay uh, what's your story so I chose to spend a summer in Bali to teach. My goal was to sort of encounter things going wrong um, because I had never traveled by myself like that before. I just wanted to feel capable on my own overcoming challenges and, and boy, did I overcome challenges on the way down there. I, first, I missed a, uh, my flight in Qatar in the Middle East. So I had to get bused from the airport to a random housing situation for the night, come back. And then I had to um, email my taxi that was going to be there to 
pick me up once I arrived in Bali. And then I ended up leaving a letter off of the email address. So I sent it to nobody and didn't realize it. And then oh, so no. when I arrived, my luggage, I was at the wrong pickup station for my luggage. So I was there for a couple hours only to find that I had no ride. And it was um, about midnight in this country I'd never been to. And then so I ended up having a um, random elderly gentleman offered to take me home and I accepted and then we couldn't find out how to it wasn't showing up in any sort of GPS and I he didn't know what city I was headed to so we were stopping at random villages along the way to anybody who was just out on the street asking for instructions until we finally arrived home in the middle of the night <laughs> I, I ended up alive and safe and it was just a it was about a three-day it was about a three-day travel journey though between me leaving my home and me being where I needed to go I'm I'm so grateful for that gentleman that's <laughs> pretty fantastic that you found somebody who's willing to help you get to where you need to be it was it was very kind and there was um a huge language barrier so I'm just grateful that we ended up being able to communicate enough and that it ended up being a, a safe situation I was so tired by the time that I got there I think I would have gotten in the car with anyone sorry mom and dad if you're listening <laughs> I always feel like some of those those stories it's like you could either end up in a lifetime movie or a hallmark movie mm -hmm. <laughs> it's like you could either end up being you know murdered or you could end up loved and cared for Right. And yes. you ended up loved and cared for. What happens to you internally when things go wrong? Like when you miss the flight, like what were you, what did you experience internally when that was all happening? I was a little bit impressed with myself because sometimes there's panic, but there I was just like, oh, okay, well, another day in Cutter. <laughs> Here we go. Because <laughs> I, I think I knew that things were going to go wrong. I just wasn't expecting so many things to go wrong consecutively. <laughs> yeah, I think travel you almost set yourself up when you don't anticipate things going wrong, especially when you're traveling that far. Right. Right. Um, and when you have like multiple connections, cause that's a piece of their story, right? Is trying to go from place to place to place. It's not a direct flight. Uh, right. So that does. Uh, have you had any, chances. any travel woes? I'm sure everybody has some sort of something goes, something has to go wrong in travel. It's part of the, part of the journey. It's part of it. Yeah. Uh, I haven't done a lot of like, uh, the times I've left the country, it's gone pretty smoothly. Uh, but I have had, so I had several years in a row where I was driving from Ohio to Tennessee, just, you know, 10 times a year. And one of those trips, I was coming from Tennessee to Ohio home for the summer after school. And I had done that, you know, that thing at the end of a school year where you don't sleep and right. you, you take all your tests and you say goodbye to all your friends and you're exhausted and right. it's the worst time to jump into a car and drive a really long way. And so I was in that state of mind and it had rained for several days. And so the road was really wet and I was driving through West Virginia, I think, and the roads were really curvy and kind of wild. And I, um, I ended up spinning out like and this is I don't have I told this I might have already no, told this I on podcast. okay no, you also it. forget a lot of things though so that's, that's an excellent point <laughs> I I dropped a cd so this story happened that long ago uh, I dropped a cd that I was trying to play in my cd player 
and I bent down to pick it up and the, my front tire went into the grass just enough to send my car flying back and forth across the highway. And then I was, I was so out of control that I ended up in the median, in the grass in between on the highway. And so I spun in like four circles in the grassy median. Oh my gosh. Was that, that just the worst feeling that you'd ever felt? Yeah. I, I remember thinking I'm going to die. Wow. Like I, I definitely thought this is how I die. And what I immediately thought was, this is a very bad story. Like that I died dropping a CD. Like I wasn't trying to avoid hitting a puppy. Yeah. I was just trying to change the CD and that's how I died. Um, I didn't die. So that's spoiler. part of the story. Yeah. Spoiler alert. I, I did survive. Um, but I ended up like stuck in the grass and this is, it's see, you're listening to CDs. So I also didn't have a cell phone. So I had to just, I got out of the car. I realized that I was like inches from going into oncoming traffic. So I'm panicking. My car's stuck. It's just stuck in the mud and the grass because it's had all this momentum. Um, and a young, this is when I was young. So I'm in college. So a young girl, like another college age girl, ends up being the one to stop first. And she offers to drive me to a gas station so I can call a tow truck. Um, and I have to say, like, for me, that felt like a provision because I don't know. You know, maybe if I was in the middle of the night in a foreign country, I would have gone with the older gentleman. But it did feel like a provision to me that it was a young woman who stopped because I right. felt a little safer right. um, letting her drive me. Um, but yeah, and then a guy named Barney came and towed my car out of the grassy median and I drove it home and the car was like fine. It just had a whole bunch of mud caked up in the chassis, I think is what you call that. Um, but it was a scary, it was scary. That sounds horribly scary. I'm so happy to hear that there was almost no aftermath to. Yeah, and I did. I think that is when I got my first cell phone. <laughs> Because you think now, like, and I think about in Paul's day, right? It's you're just there. You're just shipwrecked. You don't, there's not a lot of contingency plans. Um, we, where we have at least resources to get help. Um, but there's something about traveling, right? That it makes you feel like you're at the mercy of God or the universe or plane schedules or, yeah, it just puts you in a, a place of needing help sometimes. And so um, they end up actually because of, so they're traveling, they have to throw food and supplies over overboard. So they don't eat for several days. So they don't have breakfast for a long time. It's kind of a stretch to put breakfast in this. But finally, they finally do break their fast. And what I kind of enjoy about this, this is in chapter 27, in verse 35, it says that Paul's kind of the one, he's kind of directing the ship, like he's kind of giving them directions for what he thinks they should do. He gets a feeling that the weather's changing. He, he has a feel for what the right thing to do is. He has this internal GPS that is also the spirit of Jesus. So he's the one who finally tells them, I think we should probably eat. And what I like about this verse is uh, he turns it into what I think is like a secret communion. 
or this is just Luke like kind of playing with words a little bit uh, because the language that Luke uses is he took bread, giving thanks to God in the presence of all, he broke it and began to eat. And that's the exact same words that Luke uses to describe the Last Supper. And so it is this moment that's kind of funny to me, like either Paul is like, we're going to recognize God and remember this story, whether you know that's what we're doing or not when we eat, uh, like a secret you know, against their will kind of communion. Or it's Luke kind of playing with the idea of what really is communion. Like, can you be on a ship with a bunch of imperial guards and be hungry and shipwrecked and still, like, think of the story of Jesus? Yeah, slow down and break bread. Yeah. I like both versions. I like both versions. I love the idea of a bunch of men on a ship getting bamboozled into a communion Secret and I communion. love the idea that it just reflects what communion is it's a bigger bigger picture yeah um they they have some food there they do end up shipwrecked on an on an island and then Paul gets attacked by a snake uh <laughs> which they have like different interpretations of this like he gets bit by this snake but it says he suffers no harm um they have kind of different interpretations like the people who see this happen think oh this paul guy is a god because the snake uh couldn't take care of him you know like didn't have anything to do to him um but it's also this i mean it's also danger right it's also just there's so much going wrong on this trip uh, it has in my head, like we didn't talk about this um, as we talked about our stories, but there is another travel story in the Bible that this whole ship story reminds me of. Before you said in the Bible, story in the Bible, I was going to say um, Pirates of the Caribbean. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> that That's in there somewhere, isn't it? That's in there. Um, it, it, it also reminds us of that. Yes, the Pirates of the, of the Caribbean. Um, I, that's a, that is like an old, that's an old story story thing, right? It's the travel story or the, something about being at sea um, is maybe why the, the Pirates of the Caribbean legend keeps going. Um, but I thought of Jonah because I'm not, you know, a heathen like you who thinks of the Pirates <laughs> of the Caribbean and Johnny Depp. Uh, actually, I don't want to go on too much of a tangent because then we'll end up with one of those long episodes again. I really well, don't enjoy now. those. And we I, have the safety protocol of holding on to the, <laughs> the windows. Yeah. Hold on to your windows. I don't really like those Pirates movies. Oh, that's funny. I love them. They, I, I fell asleep during a Pirates of the Caribbean movie. Okay, we if, shall, will not linger on these episodes then. <laughs> if I watched the Pirates of the Caribbean window and I was sitting in a window, I would surely die. I would surely perish. Mm -hmm. I find them to be so uh, boring. That is so funny. I cannot get enough of them. And I've tried. I think I tried with all three. Maybe I didn't. I, I think I tried with the first two. Anyhow, that's neither here nor there. But the story I do love is the story of Jonah. Jonah. And I think there's some similarities here, maybe just because they're both on boats, but it's also because in Jonah's story, if you remember 
from the Bible or from the Veggie Tales. <laughs> um, you know me so well. <laughs> Jonah is called to go tell the story of God to new people. And he's on a he's also on a boat. And the reason that a heavy storm comes is because he wants off the boat. He doesn't want to go do the mission. And so the storm is kind of like a punishment for Jonah. That's how he ends up in the belly of the whale, which is like Pinocchio, another movie. And here we have Paul. He is on his way. And so we have there's still storms but there's also still provision. He is on his way to do the right thing and to tell new people about the story of God, and he's glad to do it. And so he gets a little more protection from Jonah, where in Jonah, a beast comes along to, like, right his course. In Paul, the beast is the obstacle. The snake is kind of this obstacle, and he's able to overcome that. You see, am I, you think I'm pushing that? Does that make no. sense? No, I'm, I'm right along there with you. Yeah, I think it kind of works. Um, it could also just be like true that there was just a, a snake on this island and it bit his hand. But uh, it's always hard to know if these are just things that happen or if they have some kind of hidden hidden meaning to them. Um, but they survive all that. They survive the travel, make it to Rome, and <laughs> just to land in prison. And... So it talks about him kind of being in this place. He's kind of confined to one place um, because he's saying this stuff that sounds disruptive. And so even in Rome, after all these legal issues and all this stuff, he still ends up kind of held captive. Um, and it tells us that he, because of this different sort of system they have where people did have some kind of connection to the outside world, he does get to tell the story of Jesus in Rome, right? Um, and actually that story is already, like he's already sent his letter to Rome. So they, are, they already have some preparation for Paul and for his story of Jesus and for his brand new way of looking at death and resurrection. But he does the same kind of thing that we've seen him do in synagogues. He's now doing from his home to anyone who will listen. And it tells us that some people disagree with him and some people are convinced by what he says. And that's like Luke is very, just a matter of fact, like some were in and some were out. And then it ends with this, uh, this phrase. Again, I think this is maybe one of the only Greek words that I regularly use and remember, but it ends with this word, akalutos which means without hindrance. So after uh, 28 chapters of things that looked like hindrances, we get this final word from Luke, who, again, we think is a pretty smart writer. And he says, after all these things that looked like barriers, the gospel keeps going. Um, did you have any, how, how do you think of that as an ending? that what do you think do you think there's any point to paul to luke finishing it that way that word no i feel like it keeps it open because i know that acts is a continuation of the story of jesus and the fact that acts ends with another invitation to continuance despite i thought that that was a a lovely way to settle this chapter 
yeah, we do get a sense that this is not the end of something. It is, it's a transition. And we know from like church history and all this stuff that many of the apostles kept traveling. Um, so with Paul, we know that he's eventually beheaded. So, and that many of the apostles are also killed like in in really violent ways they all eventually like if this was a movie you know those movies where at the end it like tells you what every character goes on to do yeah i don't know if, if i like the montage that you're about to suggest yeah though. this would be a real bummer because if you if the apostles are the main character it would come up like this guy lost his head in this country this guy was starved to death in this place this guy was set on fire like none of their stories end in some beautiful, victorious way, at least on earth. Uh, but many of them go really far. And, and a lot of that is just legend. Like, like uh, if it's almost like American history where like if George Washington sneezed somewhere, somebody puts up a plaque and everybody knows that George Washington walked there. So that kind of becomes the way the apostles stories are recorded is uh, there's rumors that uh, Thomas made it to India. Uh, I actually went to uh, one of my overseas trips was to Germany, and we went to a place called Trier, which is like the oldest place in Germany. And there was a tomb there that was supposedly held the remains of Matthew, uh, the apostle. And so, but there's a whole bunch of like extra records that let us know that the apostles kept going and they kept that, that mission of to the ends of the earth, they took really seriously. And several of them made it really far um, before eventually getting to drink of that cup that Jesus talked about in his story. And it has me in my head that like, if it, that that's not the way Luke ends the story, that he ends it with the, a sense that it was the gospel of Jesus that was the main character all along. That even somebody as important as Paul, Saul Paul, even somebody who was vital to this big shift from the Jewish world to the Gentile world, he could be held in place and the story of God would keep going. Um, so that has me in my head, like just wanting us to, to think about a little bit is are we, are we that important, <laughs> I guess, is one way of asking the question. Because um, I think one thing we've seen in Acts, right, is that humans are important, that it's like through their meals, it's through their conversations, it's through their everyday lives living with their neighbors that the story of God moves from one person's body into another person's life, right? So they are important, I think. But it also makes it seem like they're not any one person is the only way that the story of God can move. Does that make sense? It, it does, yeah. Um. I just, I just shared this at uh, Southbrook at our, our church a few weeks ago. There's this Jewish teaching that you should keep two different messages in your pockets. Uh, that on one piece of paper, you should write, um, the world was made for you. And that on another piece of paper, you should write, all you are is dust and ashes. And then you could kind of pull that out depending on the day, like which message you needed to hear. And I think sometimes with Acts, like we very much need to get to the end and feel a press on us to keep the story going. But also that we are not the only way that it keeps going. And 
I think even right now there's a lot of like things about the church that are so frustrating, like not even me trying to sort out my own, like does God need me, but does God need the church? And I can answer it both ways. <laughs> like absolutely. And also no. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. It does. If if you had to say if God needs you, Keaton. How would you start to answer that question? <laughs> I'd say I am not needed, but I'm in a I'm part of a story that wants me. Yeah. And will use me. Yeah. Maybe the word, I mean, we've ended most of our episodes with talking about invitations. And so maybe it's that we are invited to keep the story going. So if we wanted to be a part of all this that we see of these sort of radical transformations, like if we wanted to be a part of that, we are invited to it. But we shouldn't see ourselves as the only, as the only way. Um, I, that's at least a little useful to me. Like there are, there are several things like I don't want to, I don't want to detour us on this, but there are several like big fights happening in church world right now. And I am tempted at the end of days like that, where I like just follow all these people being mad about stuff on Twitter. And like, I get, then I get mad about the thing that we're all mad about this week on Twitter. And I just am so like crushed by what the church can be sometimes. And I just think, God, why did you pick telling your story this way? Um, and I am refreshed, I think, by that idea that we're invited, but that the gospel of Jesus uh, moves even when we ourselves are the hindrance. Yeah, without hindrance. Yeah, akalutos. So if you're looking for a Greek tattoo, uh, if you want, <laughs> I feel like more people lean towards Hebrew tattoos, which then you should do hesed, which is steadfast love. That should be your Greek word tattoo. But if you want it, or your Hebrew word tattoo, but if you wanted a Greek tattoo, I think akalutos especially like on a leg, you know, <laughs> it's especially meaningful. You can go anywhere. You're without yeah, hindrance. I think that's lovely. So that's, that's the end of Acts. That's Acts 27 and 28. Um, it ends with a guy in jail, but I think it ends with the, the spirit of Jesus still on the move. And I think that's always a good place to end a person's story so we are going to we're going to have one more episode where we're going to like go back and look at is there anything we is there anything we could have possibly missed or got wrong and i i feel like probably not i think we probably said everything exactly right and didn't do anything wrong this whole time but just in case we're going to have one more episode <laughs> And finish out the book of Acts. I think it's been, we'll, we'll talk about it in our next episode if it's a worthwhile read for people these days. Um, but if you've been joining along with us, I hope you were also glad to have read it. And I hope uh, you were kept awake by the last couple chapters. And by your time here with us on The Breakfast Translation. Who wrote the end of the story? Who found the last love? Who wrote the end of the story? Who